0: Good morning. Welcome to everyone to the Ag Market Network. Uh, this is our November 9th edition of our program. We are sponsored by FiberMax and Stoneville Seed. Our speakers today will be led by Dr. John Robson, and he's joined by our our panel of Dr. O.A. Cleveland, Kip Butts, and Gerald Nieper. Uh, John, this has been a busy week. Thanks for giving us your thoughts.
1: Well, you're welcome. Good morning to everyone. Um, I want to begin by... Taking us back a month ago, um, when the October uh, WASD and, and production report by USDA, which you know was always you know a previously scheduled thing, came out right on the heels of Hurricane Michael, and that report came out too soon after Hurricane Michael to really account for the likely massive uh, damage that happened there. So as a result of uh, we and most other analysts and the futures market itself all kind of immediately discounted, you know, the that report when it came out because we said, you know, we, we know there's been damage. It's not accounted for here, so let's just wait till next month. So here we are. Uh, we've got the November numbers that came out, and they were – that November report was already set up to be a fulfillment of the expectations from a month ago. And in fact, you know, it was. So we come out with a production report with U.S. numbers that show a major month-over-month uh, month reduction. It was 1.35 million bales of production cut, mostly out of the southeastern U.S. It resulted from, I believe, a 5% reduced yield from 2% to fewer harvested acres, Um in addition to that cut, uh, they lowered uh, exports by a half a million bales. They cut domestic mill use by a hundred thousand bales. So a lot of a lot of things trimmed there. But the bottom line was a seven hundred thousand bale reduction in U.S. ending stocks compared to the previous month. Which, you know, ordinarily on the face of it, that'd be a pretty big adjustment, and I would be expecting a bullish reaction, except for the fact that um, that this was pretty much expected. Maybe maybe not this big of a cut all in one report, but you know we, we were expecting to see this. We did see this. The market reacted initially rather bullishly. I was in the middle of a talk, and somebody was shouting out, the market's up 50 points, the market's up this, that, and the other. And then he started telling me, it's coming back down, it's coming back down. And by the end of the day, by the end of the session, we were basically flat, just a few points changed. So that kind of tells me that, again, it was an anticipated thing. If you look at the at the foreign numbers, um, they the adjustments there month over month, pretty much followed the u s. pattern in that we had um, an aggregate uh, cut to foreign production, which was led by adjustments in India and Pakistan, and I think Central Asia. And that production cut dominated. Uh, an aggregate cut in domestic use in a number of places, including India and Pakistan and Turkey and Indonesia and and Brazil. And so uh, all of that, plus some revisionist history in the West African country of Benin, led to another trimming of world-ending stocks. I think it's the fifth time in in six reports that we've had world-ending stocks cut, and this time it was you know it was down a little under 2 million bales 1.84 million bales which ordinarily that would be a rather you know price supportive thing um and hopefully it'll be it'll be viewed that way by by world markets I I don't know if it's an overly discouraging thing to see these these cuts this de- this declining consumption perhaps maybe a concern it certainly got me wondering um and so I kind of want to sum this up again thinking back it appears to me there's been somewhat of a shift in the major influences on on cotton prices if I can take you back you know 5 or 6 months ago it seemed like everything was really lined up in the in a bullish direction we had demand indicators back then that were a lot more positive we had a large amount of new crop cotton being sold even before the you know the marketing year had started and on top of that, there was the supply concern at the time, which was the drought in, uh, in Texas and Oklahoma and Kansas. So we, had, we were worrying about uh, supply. We had questions about Indian supplies. And so all of that was sort of saying, you know, we've, we're worrying about a tight supply situation and we've got apparently strong demand. And so that's what led to you know, futures marching up all during q1 up into the 80s and we had to spike over 90 cents you know all that was a result of things all being aligned up positive all right we'll bring shift us to now or starting in about late summer that the the whole picture began to change now the drought situation faded it began to be replaced by an overly wet uh, scenario but more importantly the export demand uh, scenario stopped we started having weak export sales reports. We started having all these cancellations, which we are still having. Um, And so perhaps because of this and also maybe because of the tariff uh, uncertainties hitting the news periodically, the speculative buying of ice futures kind of downshifted and we got into the lower 80s and then the upper 70s where we still are. Uh, And then the season progressed and we had the twin hurricanes and the rainy conditions have, I think, turned into a real emerging issue, a new supply concern. Um, and that may be pulling in the opposite direction, maybe holding prices up somewhat, even as the uh, demand indicators have turned weak. So, you know, in terms of my view of uh, what influence will dominate, I'm, you know, I'm not really sure. I, I kind of expect that we're going to remain... Uh, range bound in the in the realm that we are from in basically in the, in the upper seventy cent range to lower eighty cent range. If if I had to answer Pat's question now, I'd say I you know I expect us to be between seventy five and eighty five on uh, on old crop futures until something something really really changes. But I think it's still going to take a while for this this supply uh, situation to sort itself out. Um, you know they they. They took, they accounted for some of the Hurricane Florence damage two reports ago, and they had some in this report as well. To my mind, that's kind of typical of what it takes to size up the impacts of a big, you know, kind of tropical storm, hurricane damage kind of scenario. It takes it takes time. It takes time for the adjusters to get out there and do stuff. It takes time for everything to dry out. A lot of that stuff has to get harvested first. It takes a long time to gen it. You might have to find another gen to gen it because your gen got damaged. You know, it takes a while. So it wouldn't surprise me that, um, that there would be more effects being accounted for, more losses from the hurricane, you know, from Michael particularly because – they had a big loss in this report this time. Um, I, I hope that's not an indicator of you know another substantial thing uh, uh, coming that'll show up uh, in subsequent reports. But it might because, like I said, I, I think it takes time to sort through all this all this kind of stuff, especially when you're talking about a whole bunch of stuff that's that the adjusters are going to make them um, harvest. If it's you know if it wasn't just blown away and it's down on the ground if it's just strung out there on the plant uh, a lot of times unfortunately the, the growers are stuck having to harvest that in order to get uh, an insurance claim on the quality loss and that's where I want to wind up this this issue of quality uh, damage is is an emerging issue out here in Texas what's replaced the drought scenario is this rainy sloppy harvest scenario. And we're hearing more and more uh, from all over Texas. I, I was in South Texas uh, this week. They're still talking about unharvested cotton in areas that ordinarily are finished by early September. There's pockets that aren't through harvesting yet. There's You move up the coast, there's a little more of it. You move into the Brazos Valley region, there's more of it. And then it's continually wet in the areas that have just started in harvesting In the rolling plains and the high plains. So, uh, again, that strikes me as kind of a situation that's going to take a while to to sort out. Has a dry out first, Um, and then if there's damage, you know, people are probably going to have to wait till they can harvest to make their insurance claims. And so, uh, it may be this latter thing may be something that if it's if it's mostly a quality deal, then then. it may not be reflected in the futures market. It may not be reflected by lost, you know, statistical bales because they're going to get harvested. But we just—it may be reflected in the cash market with a wide, a large quantity of uh, lower-grade cotton that's going to be very much discounted. Kind of what we've seen in previous years, unfortunately, with with the low mic stuff last year and some of the rain, rained-on cotton in, in the last few years. So I'm kind of talking about a messy situation and a messy analytical situation, which will take some time to sort out. Um, But in the meantime, Pat, I expect us to more or less stay uh, range-bound, at least uh, for the next, uh, I I would guess, for the next few weeks to a month or so.
0: All right, well, let's open it up to everybody. Yep.
2: John, I think you did a great job on it. I appreciate that. You're the report. Um, one thing I want to just kind of touch on, and a lot, I think the market's very concerned about export sales uh, or lack thereof here recently. But uh, part of the, I think the reason this market, uh, you touched on it, the tariff situation, I think there's a psychological impact there that's very difficult to measure. Uh, the yarn prices have slipped along with these cotton prices, but they haven't fallen proportionally in most locations. Uh, some have been a little bit worse, so, yeah, we may be seeing a bit of slippage in demand. But uh, all of the the crying and gnashing of teeth with exports, we had, we are up 13% in shipments over last year, as of the report yesterday, and that's with China down 24%. Uh, We're still the second largest commitments we've had at this time of the year, at least since 1979. So I know, you know, what have you done for me lately? Sales have been pretty bad. I think there's a pall on the market. They don't need to buy right now. They've got a lot on the books already. I did hear last week, though, that apparently, uh, and this is the cross-currents I think that John was referring to, some of these uh, buyers have asked for postponements in these shipments uh, because their yarn inventory has gone uh, from maybe 20 to 30 days to, in some cases, 40. I did hear about one uh, yarn mill that was talking about they might be looking at about 45 days of inventory and that that's a bane for them. So uh, there are a lot of cross-currents, but this discussion regarding the exports, uh, I think that needs to be monitored, of course, but I think there's still good, strong demand out there in the short term it just does, have, does not have to be reflected in weekly sales because it got such a big book already. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe some other people have comments on that. Maybe but,
1: I'll, I'll chime back in. I think the, the uncertainty about the supply of certain qualities is playing into that too. You know, if you're a merchant, you're kind of sticking your neck out even more if you don't know that you can, you know, source quality cotton to fill fill more orders. That would sort of that would give me pause. You know. I'd, Kind of want to wait until see what we get a better idea of what we have out there.
2: Right. Good point.
0: Gerald or away?
3: Well, I was trying to wait Gerald out, but I see I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> Well, I, you I, know, I, I, it's, I think those, are the, the John, give a right on. Uh, We're still trying to figure out the, 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 the tariff situation, or maybe we are. Maybe the market has explained it to us very well. I was one that initially said uh, very aggressively that the tariff would not be a problem because the demand was there. And... Uh, uh, certainly, I have not been correct in that. I think that, uh, along with the Hunt brothers, if I can, we could just wait China out, if we have enough money, we can corner the market. It's uh, it has turned out to be rather difficult. I think what we're seeing, uh, we're, we continue to see Vietnam as a very aggressive buyer, uh, a very strong buyer of Prescott. and that's. Uh, literally just being turned into yarn and sent into china so china is still a real major player with respect to u.s got it's just being spun in vietnam and then shipped there uh so that's not that's not that doesn't fall under the, the, the tariff situation i think the demand will continue to be positive uh Possibly we did overestimate demand on the front end. I was a little bit surprised to see USDA drop uh, U.S. consumption even though it's just 100,000 bales. Uh, but that's uh, the flip side of that is, again, it's just 100,000 bales, so it's not that big a deal. Uh, certainly the uh, decline in, in the USDA export number was... Uh, uh, very important, very valid, and with the crop coming down that much, they had to drop the exports. Uh, it just certainly came in, in line, in tune with the export fiasco we've sort of seen so far. But I forget if it was John or Kip, just made, made the point that we're still looking good on the export figure compared to a year ago at this same time. Uh, even given the problems that we've had the past five, to six weeks. So uh I, I think it's a market that uh uh is struggling to find the higher side though I think technically we're locked into uh whatever your technical position suggests or analysis suggests somewhere around the uh seventy nine and a half to eighty and a half on the top side, still holding seventy
4: five, seventy
3: five and a half on the bottom side.
0: well one
4: of the one of these days we're gonna be we're, we're gonna break out of this uh, trading range, and uh, i I kind of think that unfortunately that we're gonna break down before we go back up. so you know I really think that we're gonna make a maybe not a b line, but I do think that we're gonna to tend to to run down to seventy two cents before we see anything significantly you know uh, above eighty cents. So you know for the time being, um although I mean things are improving from a technical perspective um i mean i I suppose uh, the the good news is the longer we can just sort of grind away and main and stay above you know that uh, basically seventy six and a half cent area the uh, uh the better chance we've got to uh to not go down to to seventy two and and to to get back above things but uh, to get back above eighty cents for for sustained period but you know you, you look at the uh, you look at the the, the differences uh, between deck and March and uh, you know while it may not encourage a bunch of deliveries to the board it is telling you that uh, you know people aren't too worried about getting their hands on cotton right now um, and uh, now they may be worried about specific qualities um, but uh i, I don 't know that anybody 's going to be out there squeezing the market anytime soon. It certainly just doesn 't look like it on a on a spread basis anyway so um but we 're getting close i mean first notice day in december is is pretty is not too far away so we 'll see what what happens to the uh, to the differences then but I think if there 's going to be a squeeze on the market it 's probably going to be in, in march or or may Um we're-
2: I would agree with that timing, uh, Gerald, but I I don't know, know, recently we started to see some cotton come to the board, which is, uh, you know, we're getting cotton, it's not in bounds yet, but we're just, you know, 1,000 bales here, 1,500 bales showing up for delivery. That's a bit disconcerting, uh, sort of to your point about we may break down rather than up at the front end, because if the board's the best place to sell your cotton, we're we're in a fix. part of that might be the, the slowdown in shipments we're hearing about <clears throat> should that occur of any consequence but remember too we're still for this time of the year open interest is record high in the cotton futures market so uh, there are a lot of people still interested in this market and we've got a lot of players we might see a breakdown when you know during this index roll uh, we might lose some of that open interest uh, I haven't seen it this morning but uh, I. <sighs> This market is, to me, a real, a real conundrum, because there are bullish sides and bearish sides, but this, this, to me, the biggest factor is this tariff. It's presented a, a pall over the market that we, it's like we don't know how to deal with it, and so uh, both the buyers and sellers are sort of deer in the headlights. What do I do next? So I, I, as far as prices are concerned, everybody's sort of commented already. I'm not going to disagree. When you said break down, I was afraid you were going to say 65 cents, not 72. <laughs> but, uh, so your breakdown is a little different than I was appearing there. But uh, you know, I, I think you know we are range bound. And remember, yesterday December high I think was 8050. So that's not. We're still at the, the high end of this uh, this sort of range we're talking about. And if we look outside the U.S. from a, the fundamental perspective. I think we still got some places that need to. Uh, they did make a cut to India, but I think there's probably more to be cut there. Uh, Pakistan may have a little bit of a, more of a decline. Pakistan's been a really good buyer of U.S. cotton. I think they're going to continue to be. And I think for me, the question is if India is going to come in and buy U.S. cotton. I have been expecting them to. I am so far very disappointed <laughs> they haven't shown up, and I may have to throw one in the towel here at some point. Uh, but my expectation is that that crop's going to be a little bit smaller and we're going to have a little bit more demand for U.S. cotton in India to help supply the Chinese yarn market, which, uh, as we talked about before, if they don't buy a lot of U.S. cotton, then they're they're going to need some yarn from some places. It's going to come from Vietnam, Indonesia, and Bangladesh. So I don't know. I just uh, I, That's kind of the way I'm looking at it now, just kind of... Uh, a confused sort of market trading environment. Kip, I think that's a great
3: comment. We're seeing India be, uh, fairly aggressive in exporting their crop more so than in than, than, than past years. and I think that's come about because of the tariff situation and uh, just try to put a big circle around all of that. Uh, I was very pleased to see that USDA dropped the Indian crop, what uh, a million bales, and uh, I think. Probably, uh, certainly, I'm in total belief that that's not enough. They're going to have to come back with another half a million, maybe another four million bales. But in the meantime, India has been fairly aggressive. I think uh, as we move down the road, whether it be month by month or week by week, we're going to see Indian uh, 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 imports from the United States. I think it's just necessary. So uh, that's the that's some of the the demand that I thought would replace uh, the tariff type demand immediately, but it's just now starting to kick in a bit. So we I think the world carryover is down to still probably as much as another million bales, and now we're getting close to talking just a flat seventy million bale carryover, or will it be seventy one million? Uh, you know that compares very favorably to the ninety million a year ago. So. Uh, I I still think there is some some bullishness in this market. It's uh, been very slow to come. In fact, it had not come, but I think it will pick up a great deal. I think our great, great, great worry is as we get into crop year 2019. And Pat, not to jump the gun, but I'd be real interested in what my my cohorts, what what they see with respect to plantings in 2019. I think, uh, given the soybean fiasco, I think planning is certainly in the mid-south and a little bit in the
1: southeast going to go up considerably. Thank you. I agree with that. Um, uh, that was reflected by colleagues when I was at the Southern Outlook Conference, uh, exactly for that reason. Because of peanuts, they, they thought they'd see higher cotton acreage. Um, grains, you know, relative price of grains. Um, it's kinda of similar to the situation last year. If you look at the ratio of corn futures to cotton futures, that kind of predicts at least thirteen at least thirteen million planted, which was the same last year as what we got last year. And I figure we'll plant at least the same, thirteen and a half, um, maybe more. And but the difference is we'll have a whole lot of moisture in the soil profile, so abandonment ought to be less and at least average yields and if you put all that together you can have a 25 million bale crop plus whatever we end up carrying in this time even if it's only only oh, sorry 21 million bale crop but uh, add 4 million bales of carry into that we'll, we'll have a pretty healthy supply so i'm, I'm a little bit worried if if futures is going to break through 70 to 65 it's going to i'm worried about it happening next fall
2: uh, we, um, we we see that soybean situation being uh, being a, a huge boost for cotton acreage uh, in the in the South, particularly in the mid South and, and Southeast. We actually uh, stepping out of the limb here. You, you, can you hear that saw back there behind me? Being uh, as it's uh, we've we've got about 14.5 million uh, acres for next year. That of course is an early estimate. We uh, forecast based on some survey work we've done and we're looking at the price relationships that John mentioned, not just corn, but to particularly soybeans. Uh, if if the soybean situation works out the way we think it may, we're going to have a record large uh, soybean carryout, and I think a lot of farmers are just going to shake their head and say, well, "I got to plant something other than this." And uh, if even if we get cotton, to stay around 70, 75 cents per new crop, we're at 78 and a quarter as we speak. I think uh, I think we're going to see. Maybe we don't get 14 and a half, but it's it's probably not going to be very far off of what we got this year, maybe just a little bit larger. I, and maybe you all, others have uh, different opinions, but that's certainly what we're saying today. We reserve the right to change our mind, of course.
4: From a financing standpoint, though, what what do you think is easier to get financed for from, from a banker? Do you think it's cotton, which is fairly capital intensive, or beans or corn?
2: Well, if it's just an input cost, of course it's going to be beans. But, uh, a case if, you, if you're looking at uh, maybe $8, $7.5 beans, perhaps, and uh, a 75 cent cotton, I think you can make a pretty legitimate argument with bankers. Let's go with cotton.
3: And some places in the mid south are just having hectic problems with basis. Uh, the cash basis is just completely collapsed. On in some locations, of beans, cash beans are going for three dollars and a half to four dollars and a half, and I think that's what's being missed in so many places. And uh, beans are yes, absolutely much cheaper to grow, but uh, with this cash basis we're facing, we don't know when it's going to break off. It's like it's like us trying to say, well, the cotton tariff is going to be over next week. Uh, <laughs> who, uh, who, who knows? Did y'all
1: get that? Did everybody write that down? O.A. Cleveland That's said that. the cotton tariff is going to be over next week. That's right. Yeah. You heard
2: that laughter across the, uh, the thing, too, though. <laughs>
1: yeah. all
4: oh, wait, I didn't realize that the cash basis had gotten so <laughs> pathetic on, on the beans. Oh, it's 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 pathetic. It
3: really is. It's it's a killer. And that's what's going to drive a lot of folks back. But the, you know, y- y'all, uh, uh, you, you you really got to it there. With uh, you know, we could have seven hundred fifty thousand acre increase in the mid south, and of that, you'll have seven hundred thousand harvested, if not seven hundred thirty five thousand of those acres will get harvested that we won't have any of as yeah, typically. So. It's a it's a it's a situation that can come up and bite us. And in that regard, uh, who I forget, I heard one. I would say seventy eight and a half cents or so. Maybe it was you, John, but uh, what uh, cotton uh, two thousand nineteen cotton? It's uh, it may be time to do some pricing. Seventy eight and a half cents is not a bad uh, price. It's not. Uh, it's probably it's not in the upper eighty percent. Uh, centiles are up a three-quarter percentile of the price range. Uh, so uh, thinking in terms of forward pricing, it's, uh, it's not a bad lick. I know we're sitting up here at 80 cents now. We've been to 94, but uh, that's said and done. 80 cents current crop is a pretty bad dumb, hefty price, I would say, historically. Well-
2: well, particularly in this uncertain environment, I think it's particularly attractive. Maybe you don't want to get everything done, but you certainly, to your point, OA, you want to get something done at this level because, um, you know, these tariffs aren't over and there's still a lot of water to go into the bridge. I'm, I I think getting at least some stuff done here at these levels is really a, a prudent thing to, to do. Well, let me mention this. I've, I've had
0: numerous text questions coming in from farmers this morning and asking the same thing, and I think we've touched on it, but I do want to bring it bring it back up. I, I guess there's not a lot of hope toward uh, coming to some agreement with China. Uh, I know the G20 meets at the end of this month. There's been some consideration and maybe there will be some progress made. Are you guys, I mean, I- I- any thoughts on that, or is it just a feeling of hopelessness about uh, ending these trade sanctions.
1: You know, it's it's totally unpredictable. I, I couldn't say that tomorrow there won't be a big press conference and they'll say, hey, we sat down, we worked something out, blah, 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 and surprise. And, you know, then the soybean market and the stock market and the cotton market would all be off and roaring. But it's, who can say, you know, just because of the unpredictability of it, because of the person's, you know, involved. And I'm not in that back room, so...
3: We, uh, well, G20 will be will be at the end, what it's late this month that yes uh, the president will talk to China's lifetime brother. Uh maybe they'll can you know b- begin to find a uh, a light at the end of the tunnel who knows but uh, the market's just gonna keep following whatever the tariff news is and it's uh, uh, there is no uh, unfortunately. Uh, and we did it to ourselves. There is no premier market for U.S. cotton other than China. We, at the same time, need to aggressive, aggressively begin a program developing markets some, somewhere besides China. Uh, and to, but to, so we won't be subject to all of this. What's been going on at the same time? While China it helps, while well, tariffs hurting China, it helps them to some degree because. They can get anybody's cotton now, and they spin it. They can send goods over to the United States. Those goods are not under the tariff situation, and they amount to billions per month.
2: Well, I think if uh, another round of tariffs, which I understand are being sort of put together, uh, the kind of whisper is that some of these textiles may be in that one. Uh, yeah. And, and if yep. that's the case, uh, and some of the conversations I've had with some of these Chinese exporters are, they're concerned uh, about the exports uh, that right. that could be uh, the next shoot of all, so to speak. Uh, and our guys in, in Washington right now, they're sub- trying to keep track of this. So you, the statement is correct. We don't know, but they sure get the indication right now that it's going to be a little longer than people might think. Um, they're seeing some things on the Chinese side to say that we they may be closer to an agreement than the U.S. is. The U.S. may be a little bit more aggressive and insistent, uh, and the Chinese may, in fact, be a little more compliant than one would have believed. But uh, that said, it still looks like it's going to be a while. We've got two very strong personalities who really don't want to... Uh, to admit or concede to defeat. So it, it, I think it's going to be a little more prolonged than any of us want it to
3: be. Kip if I can interrupt you there, I want just to say that you put the brackets on that, the theological, the theological and theoretical <laughs> brackets on that. Two strong people are battling and <laughs> it could go a still even longer than we think. It, it It's... it's We'd love to see it in next month, month after next, but it could go six months. It could go another year with the personalities involved.
0: Okay. Well, some of you guys have already given your estimates on what you think cotton can do. I'll let you take them back if you want. Uh, John says 75 to 85. John, you want to stick with that?
1: I'll keep it as a long-term uh uh, allowing for possibilities, yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, and O.A., you said 75 up to around the 80 level. Is that still good for you?
3: Yeah, just, uh, you know, so I won't have quite so much egg on my face. Let's do 82.5 or so. Seventy five, eighty two <laughs> and a half or so. 75, 82.5, we get this uh, uh, tariff uh, cured here. In the next two months, we go to 82. Uh,
2: okay. Kip, what are your... Levels. <laughs> I'm, I'm still, yeah, you know, maybe $0. 72 cents on the low side. I think we get a lot of buying in there unless something breaks down on consumption, and we can see it in the very low, age, maybe $0. 82 cents, 83. Uh, but you gotta, you gotta see a little bit more. I'm, I'm more inclined to a $0. 72 to $0. 78 cent range, and, and somewhere in there for the near term. Okay. And Gerald,
0: you were thinking
2: 72 to to what level?
4: Well, I I think we're going to get, have a little bit wider trading range, so 72 to to 85. I don't have a problem with with 85 cents at some point because, you know, I'm optimistic that something's going to to happen on this uh, on this trade front, and uh, the uh, I, I think everybody, you know, everybody loves a bull market, and I think uh, between. You know, cotton and beans and the stock market and everything else. You know, there's, uh, you know, there's a lot of money floating, sloshing around there out there that needs to be put to work. So if something gets gets done on the trade front, then, uh you know, we can easily see mid 80s again.
2: Well, oh, I get, I get to retract mine then. If if, you, if we're solving the trade thing, if yours if does, <laughs> I think we're going to wave at 85 cents because I, there's a lot of pent up. Uh, like you said, a lot of money out there ready to go, and if we could get a my my, my uh, range was based on us still dragging around here trying to figure out a way to deal with it. If it gets fixed, I think 85 is easy. So I guess what we're we gonna say,
0: 70 to 90, is that fair? <laughs>
3: That's where it's yeah. where it's
0: been.
1: Almost 90. <laughs> yeah, 94 or something.
0: Okay, well, let's wrap this thing up. We want to thank uh our sponsors for bringing this program to you fibermax and stoneville seed thanks thanks to uh Dr. John Robinson for leading us and for our panel uh we uh We will conclude it there and uh look forward to seeing you next month thanks. Thank you, thank Pat. You, Pat.